very, very welcome to the Recovery from Relapse meeting. It is Tuesday, the 27th of April, 2021. And today I am absolutely delighted to welcome our lovely speaker, Melanie B from Nova Scotia in Canada. Take it away, Melanie. Thank you. It's over to you. Thanks, Rita. Um, hi, my name is Melanie and I am a compulsive reader. I have been in OA for eight years and I now have two years of abstinence and 154 pounds released and now maintaining a healthy body weight for the last five months, which to me is total a total miracle um, for this compulsive overeater, especially because I not only have never been able to maintain anything in my life as in weight and might've got three days maintaining, but um, I'm so grateful that it's possible through working the 12 steps. And that's the only way that it's, it, that I'm able to. Uh, my disease, it started early. I was 11 pounds, five and a half ounces when I was born. And I always used to use that as an excuse. Uh, I was born fat. And I know now that was just an excuse because I was willing to blame anything and anything so that it wouldn't have to face it. Um, it, it started early, it progressed. And I know that I called myself an emotional eater because I felt that I didn't fit into any uh, eating disorders that were known that, that you could get help for. But that was a lie because I was a binger. But in, my, in the delusion that I was living, uh, I, I didn't think I was. Um, at the age of 10, I was 197 pounds. And that was when my first diet started. And I thought my world had come to an end. It lasted only two weeks, but the diets just continued and continued. I would lose some, and you know the dance, the two-step, two-step forward and 10 back. And I loved to dance. And I really did the dancing with the diets. Um, basically, I am an addict although it took me 57 years to admit that. I came to death almost twice. I came almost to death twice, um, all due to my compulsive overeating. Yet it wasn't enough to knock some sense into me. No, I, I was living deep in denial. Um, I was stuffing an unfillable hole and nothing could fill it the pain that I felt, it just, I needed to stuff it so I wouldn't feel. I hated myself. I craved uh, acceptance from people, but I never felt I did. I thought if I got close enough to anybody, they might see me and hate me too. So I never got close to anybody, very, very few people. 11 years ago, I had eaten myself to well over 600 pounds. I was on 170 units of insulin. I had high blood pressure. And I had a massive hernia where my gut was fully outside the abdominal wall. 
the surgeon had told me that if I had anything happen as in my gut perforated, I'd be dead. He told me I needed to lose weight. Did I listen? No. I could not stop. But I felt it was my fault. There was something that I needed to do. But there wasn't. That is when my husband had taken sick. And I didn't know how I was going to take care of him. He took care of me. I couldn't even go from point A to point B because I would be so breathless in, in walking anywhere. I didn't know what I was going to do, but the only thing I could do was focus on him and help him. Nine months later, he died, and I continued to struggle. Then in a fit of transference, uh, of restriction and excessive exercise, I lost over 400 pounds and it was about in 18 months. I live in the extremes. I am an addict. I, I even had weight loss surgery after the fact, but it didn't work. Diets, self-help programs, uh, psychologists, therapists, even weight loss surgery did not cure this compulsive overeater didn't get rid of it I felt hopeless and there was a point after my last surgery I thought of committing suicide I had the needle and the insulin in my hand ready to end it all but knowing that my son had lost his father I couldn't do that to him I had spent all my money on food nothing on the upkeep of my home and i went into bankruptcy 10 years ago for the sum of twenty-three thousand dollars, and that's not to include my husband going at twenty-two thousand. i had stayed away from doctors i stayed away from dentists where my teeth had fractured and rotted out i would jive needles into my gums when there was abscesses because i wasn't going to no doctor or no dentist i absorbed the pain i ate the pain my life was totally unmanageable i went to my first face-to-face -face meeting eight years ago after a huge binge that drove me to my knees But I ran after that first meeting. When I heard abstinence, I said, no, man, I should be able to eat a little bit. You know, why shouldn't I be a normal person? But I soon realized that, that I wasn't normal. I couldn't stop. Four years ago, I landed in another 12-step group. And in hearing an alcoholic share, man, did it ever resonate with me. When I heard of the him surrendering his cravings to his higher power. Ah, man, that's what I need to do. And so I did. And for a very short time, I experienced what I now know is called abstinence. But being stuck on step four and all the emotions that it was bringing up, I kept stalling out month after month after month. And I walked away 
and food, my master, came into play again. Two years ago, in seeing a picture of myself, I was shocked. I knew in honesty that I was getting bigger. I had to get into bigger clothes. My clothes were getting, I had to buy bigger clothes. I knew my diabetes was coming back because in all honesty, I was feeling tired and lethargic. And I knew my blood pressure was up because the doctor had told me the last in, in and he said, what's going on? You look like you're gaining weight. I'm taking care of it. I'm taking care of it. Yeah, I was taking care of it because my eating had gotten worse. I was just, I was like a wood chipper getting things into my mouth. Nothing was sating the pain that I had. When I seen that picture, I knew I needed to do something. What did I do? I went on a diet. That's the only thing I did know. But it was blown. Did it two days in a row. And finally that night when I went to bed, I was in tears. I just couldn't do it anymore. I was beat. I thought back of the things that I read Page 30 in the big book, it says, I had to fully concede to my innermost self that I am a true compulsive reader. Now that's the way that I take it when I read the big book. This is the first step in recovery. The delusion that I'm like other people or presently maybe had to be smashed. It was being smashed. It was like the 18 inch block between my head and heart opened up. I surrendered. I knew that I couldn't do it. The, I had the allergy to the body and a compulsion of the mind. And those two together set me apart. I will never be a normal eater. Never. And I knew that I could never touch my alcoholic foods again. So I knew that I needed to surrender to a higher power to do for me what I couldn't do. And it was immediate steps one, two, and three when I finally came to that point. It took me 57 years to come to that. Nothing that I, I, it, I, it's God inspired because I couldn't control nothing. It was until I finally was beat and desperate. Yes, it took 57 years, but I'm okay with that because God has his plan. My trouble was ego. And I had a lot of it. When I surrendered everything, it, it was like, I, I was blessed with food neutrality, of which I'm so grateful for. It blew my mind that my higher power could take that. Like, oh my God, 57 years struggling with it. And he took it. He could do anything. And that relationship with him grew. I could trust him. He could do anything. The emotions I felt when they took the food away, it was huge. But I knew I needed to sit with it. I can't react to it. I can't. So I knew in feeling them, I had to name them. And I didn't know what the hell I was feeling. I had stopped it for so damn long. And so I was able to pinpoint what fear felt and what my body felt like. 
but I knew in feeling what I was feeling, I needed to get my four step done. Someone suggested to me a big, a big book study. And I'm so grateful because it was non-emotional, straight to the point, laid straight out. And I'm grateful for that. First and foremost, I got to know what my character defects were. I've seen how my emotions were attached to those defects, how they impacted my life. I've seen my part in it, and boy, was that humbling because I always was blaming everybody else. And I've seen what I could do better. Forgiveness of others, forgiveness of myself, and the guilt and the shame lifted. I proceeded to step five, admit to God, to myself, and to another human being the exact nature of my wrongs. Oh, for a split second there, I thought, well, if, if I, I understand them and God knows about them, why would I have to tell anyone else? Uh -huh. There I go. There's the fear that was coming into play. I knew I had to put that fear aside and have courage. What was I afraid of? I was actually afraid to bring my sponsor into my home. My home was in shambles. My plumbing had stopped in the bathroom that we had to shit in a bucket. How was I going to bring my sponsor here? Oh, my God. But I knew that I had to face that. And still a part of me was saying, oh, well, well we could go to the park or we could this. I said, just do it, Melanie. I got to do this. Go to any lengths. So I knew. I called her up. I said, let's. Let's make an appointment. Okay, let's, how about Sunday? And I'll come up to your place. And, okay, sure, that'd be great. I just want you to know. And I told her, and she said, that's okay. Acceptance, like, wow. She didn't even, wow. I got through my stepfather. And the world didn't come to an end. And things that I had never told anyone but God himself and my sponsor. It was so humbling and it was so freeing and no shame. She showed me love, acceptance. It, that's a freedom I felt was it's hard to describe. A lifetime of secrets out. I don't have to hold them anymore. Step six and seven came fast. I knew my higher power worked miracles with everything thus far. And I knew he could take my defects and do with them and, and take them from me in his time. Then I made a list. I went on to the next one and made a list of all those I needed to make amends to. And became willing to make amends. And then made them. I took action. Some, I, they came fast. They were done immediately. Some I put in God's hands of knowing when to do it. So I would cause no harm. Restitution, living amends. I was willing and took action. Every action I took, miracle after miracle happened. All step nine promises came true. I'm so grateful.
for learning steps four through nine because it set me up to know how to do step 10. Watching those least little disturbances, clearing away anything that can cause a buildup to lead me to the crazies and then to the food. Now, I'll get the crazies first. And that should be the warning sign that something's going on. Because if I go to the food, I've missed an awful lot. And if I miss an awful lot, I'm not staying daily connected to my higher power. That's what I've learned in the last two years. So I need to watch it for those little disturbances. Bill talks about them as hobbling liabilities. And the need for spot check is very, very prominent for me because I don't want to go back and relapse. I can't afford to. It will kill me. So I must stay daily connected. Step 11, prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with God. Prayer is asking. Meditation is listening. Asking. Communication with my higher power. Listening. I have two ears, one mouth. What a great example for a healthy relationship. And it takes a lot of work, any relationship. And it's the same as with my higher power. I need this relationship in my life and it means the world to me. And as I continue day by day, that relationship gets richer and stronger. Every uncomfortable thing I faced and took action with was an opportunity for growth. I faced fears, took action. Any, any character defect, and I only have four, fear, selfishness, self-seeking. And what's the other one? Dishonesty. And I was huge in that. And I have to keep myself in check all the time. And I'm grateful I have a fellowship to keep me in check too. Step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry the message to other fellow compulsive overeaters and practice these principles in all our affairs. Spiritual awakening. Only from working the steps have I experienced that. God was able to work his miracles and teach me when I was willing to learn. I don't have control of that. But when I listen to him and follow him and ask him to show me the way, therein lies where the growth and the spiritual awakening occurs in, in all essence. And I'm grateful for that. Service. Without doing service, I can't keep recovered. Doing service is another opportunity for growth. Doing service strengthens my recovery and helps me carry the message, be that message. I can do service whether it's in OA or in my regular life. There's no separation there, and I know some do, but there's no separation there for me. My 
my past, my higher you, higher power uses as he wills. And I'm ready to serve whenever capacity he chose me. I have a way to live now. I have the 12 steps and I have a purpose. Trust God. Steps one, two, three. Clean house. Steps four through nine. Tell others. Steps 10 through 12. I must go to any lengths for my program. Just the same as when I came into program in learning how to do those 12 steps, I still have to continue with it every day. Go to any length. My disease progresses and it never stops. It's waiting for me. So I have to be just as progressive and take go to any lengths with my program. I remember when I first heard others talking about working the steps. What the hell are they talking about? I just don't understand. I didn't understand it. I understand it now. I didn't focus on the food. I focused on my program and I recovered and I continue to grow in recovery. I have a whole pile of ideas in my head that need to be smashed. I'm not perfect. And I think it'll take me a lot of years to get through them, probably the rest of my life. But I'm okay with that because I have a program that keeps me balanced. The other day I was um, making a present for my friend for their birthday. I was actually making cinnamon rolls. I'm not, I'm not sure whether if I was able to mention food, I apologize if not. Okay. And as I was rolling them, and it doesn't bother me, in the least at all. Um, I had heard earlier in the week how that my landlord was um, going to be selling the property. And there was a lot of feelings come up about that. And I started to cry when I thought of it. And I recognized that fear. And I was okay to feel. And I started to smile after I had had my boo-hoo and I thought, wow. I didn't even think to eat these things that I'm rolling. It never even came into play. I'm able to sit with my feelings and be okay with whatever it is, even when it doesn't feel comfortable. And then I was able to work a, a tenth step through that. Yes, it's fear that I'm feeling, that wondering about money, the insecurity of money and all those things. I said, you've shown me I don't need to worry about that. He supplies all my needs. And I could have many stories to tell you. Oh my God. I've relied on him for everything. Food was maybe just a fraction of what my problem was. But me, I was the problem. And how I reacted to things. The 12 steps keeps me balanced. My ego, my character defects are on a volume control. I can go way up high or way down low. The extremes. And when I recognize those character defects, and I usually do within my body because I'm grateful that I learned that, I can, oh, that's a character defect. Let's turn that volume down. So the 12 steps keep me in that balance. 
and I'm grateful for that. And that crashing that uh, perfectionism in me, that happened in working the steps because that was my room is in thinking on perfection. There is no perfection at all. I, I do get into the character defects, but I can wind it back down. I have to stay awake. I have to stay connected. If not, I'll be screaming at the Walmart lady. And that has happened when I have ignored a 10th step. I knew exactly what I had to do. I made amends. And I hate eating crow. I hate eating crow. So I know I need to stay awake and recognize and so I can clear away that garbage and keep on going. I know relapse is a possibility because I am a compulsive overeater. I know I must go to any lengths for my recovery. If a person asks me to do service, I do it. If, I, if at all possible and it doesn't interact with something else, I'm doing service. I'm grateful that I am on disability. And that's funny for me to say that because I always thought that that, oh, look at me, poor pitiful me, but that is a character defect, getting on my pity pot. And I, my pity pot is fur lined. And I know when my ass settles on that, I got to watch it because that'll always take me down. Back to Five the minutes left, Melanie. Thank you, Linda. So I need to stay awake. I need to stay connected. I need the fellowship to reach out to. I have a long rope that's connected to each and every one of you. And I got crazy glue on the end of my rope. I don't want to let go. I don't want to go back to relapse. So I know what I need to do. I need to work my program daily. I'm grateful for this program. It saved my life. Maintaining <coughs> a healthy body weight, like, wow. But all the miracles that has happened in my life and being able to be with family and not want to kill them. New relationships. Uh, improving that people that I didn't want to be around, I can be around them and we're best of friends. It, it just blows my mind on the things that have changed. And like I said, I could talk for hours on things that have changed in my life. But this program is awesome. Is awesome. Program works when I work it. And I am so worth it. And you know, each and every one of you here is worth it too. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you. Melanie, I am speechless. Thank you so, so much. Thank you for coming today to share your experience, strength and hope. And we'll knock off the recording now. <laughs>